Welcome to Business Done Differently, where baseball team owner turned showman Jesse Cole speaks with successful entrepreneurs who stand out in business and in life by thinking differently and challenging the status quo. We believe whatever is normal, do the exact opposite, and that normal gets normal results. If you want to stand out and be different, this one's for you. Today's guest is the top expert in the world on word-of-mouth marketing. He's a New York Times bestselling author of six books, including Hug Your Haters and Talk Triggers. He's in the Professional Speaking Hall of Fame, the Professional Word-of-Mouth Marketing Hall of Fame, and also the owner of Amazingly Ridiculous Plaid Suits. Please welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Jay Bear, to Business Done Differently. Jesse, thanks so much. Some of those things are true. I appreciate that introduction. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm excited to chat with you right now. As I shared, Talk Triggers, one of my top books of 2018. You're speaking Thank the you. same language as me. And you know, I want to talk a little bit about the progression because you went from Hug Your Haters, which basically mm-hmm. says customer service is the new type of marketing, to Talk yeah. Triggers, where it's word of mouth marketing, which I believe is everything. Kind of tell me a little bit about this transition, a little of your background for context. Yeah, it even goes back further than that. I mean, my first book, The Now Revolution, was about social media is the new marketing and changing the way you hire and and interact with the public. And then I wrote three books in the utility series, which is about content marketing is the new marketing. And then customer service is the new marketing and word of mouth is the new marketing, although it's also the old marketing. And each of those books kind of ties together because what I do not only on the page and on the stage, but also in my consulting firm is help business owners find ways to acquire customers less expensively than their competition is acquiring customers, right? So it's sort of a money ball approach. So can you outflank your competition by being better at social? Totally. Can you outflank your competition by being better at content? Absolutely. By being better at customer service? Definitely. And by being better at word of mouth, no question about it, as you well know. The thing about word of mouth, though, that is so puzzling to me is that it is, in fact, the most important thing, right? Not only that's not just a a line, that is mathematically true. Like word of mouth is the number one way that people make buying decisions. Like that's just a fact. Yet, it's the one part of marketing that nobody has an actual strategy for. Yes. Like they just take it for granted, right? Like, oh, yeah, our customers will talk about us, but but will they? And if so, what are they saying exactly? So what we wanted to do in, in Talk Triggers that I wrote with Daniel Lemon is to say, look, let's stop doing word of mouth on accident and start doing word of mouth on purpose. And so we gave people a framework for actually doing it. And I love it. I think you gave so many practical examples. And, you know, I think it does start, Jay, with you got to love your customers more than you love your product. I mean, that is the first concept. And then it goes to how you create attention. And I think you and me both agree that attention beats marketing 100% of the time. And I think when you talk about talk triggers, I mean, the stats are unbelievable. Was I reading like 60 to 80% of business is coming either from referrals or talk? I mean, there's a lot of different stats. Is that correct? Yeah, it depends on the type of business. So in general... 19% of all purchases are driven entirely by word of mouth. So word of mouth is the only way that somebody heard about this particular product or service and made a purchase. 50% of all purchases are influenced by word of mouth. So word of mouth is one of the ways that people made a decision, 50% of the entire economy. And in business to business, 91% of purchases are influenced by word of mouth, right? So which makes sense. Like nobody buys anything from anyone in B2B unless you've checked with the current customer first. Like to not do that is just foolish, right? So word of mouth is incredibly important to every business. Uh, yet, as I said, the, the mystery for me was like, well, if it's so important, how come nobody has a plan? We got a plan for everything. You got a social media plan, content plan, PR plan, crisis plan, hiring plan, sales plan, but nobody has a word of mouth plan. 
it's just bizarre. And so we're trying to fix that. What was the first eye-opening talk trigger that stood out for you? Even maybe going back, you're like, this is amazing. That's a great question. I've been writing about talk triggers for nine years. So long, long, long before it was a book. So about, you know, every once in a while, I'd write a blog post, I'd convince a convert and say, hey, this is, you know, I call this a talk trigger. And I sort of invented the term and would occasionally do little case studies and never really thought it was going to be a book. And then it became a book. But gosh, I maybe one of the my favorite ones, it's a very simple is I bought like an outdoor fireplace, like a chimney kind of thing at one point, many, many years ago. And in the actual box that it came in, they had a stack of referral cards that said, hey, everybody's going to love this fireplace so much. They're going to ask you how to get one. So give them one of these cards. And I'm like, that's really smart. Like that is just such an easy way to kind of grease the referral skids. Mm. And so that was one of the first ones that I remember writing up as a case study. You know, it's amazing. I think obviously you have your starting point, but I always look at what are the friction points? And for us, I lost it in, in your book because you were talking about Holiday World, the music part next to you. And I was like, for us, what we started doing at our ballpark is we realized one of the friction points, beside the fact that baseball is long, slow, and boring that we're working on, but the fact that people get nickel and dimed when they go to ballparks. So we did the exact opposite. We made everything, all our tickets, all you can eat, everyone, include all your burgers, your hot dogs, your chicken sandwiches, your soda, your water, your popcorn, and your bird's cookies for $15 total. And that was a game changer for us. And then we never saw anyone else do it. And I'm like, holiday world, well played. So they share a little bit about that. And do you agree the starting point is looking at some of the friction points that the customers have? Absolutely. I mean, every business has something that interferes with making the purchase or making a repeat purchase or interferes with the storytelling, right? And Holiday World is located in Santa Claus, Indiana, which is about 91 miles south of my home. I live in Bloomington, Indiana. It is the middle of nowhere. Like, I can't emphasize this to you enough, Jesse. Like, if you said, hey, guys, what's the worst place to put an amusement park? Like, that makes the list. Like, you know, it's like Antarctica. Santa Claus, Indiana, I mean, that's crazy. There's not near anything. And you know, you typically you think amusement park needs to be by an urban population center. Nope, we're not going to do that. So it's called Santa Claus because for a long, long time, all that was there was like some random Christmas crap. <laughs> and then Bill Cook, who's the founder of the company, in 1950, I think, or somewhere in that ballpark, 48 maybe, it's the oldest family-owned amusement park in the country, decided to make it into a thing. So they built an amusement park. And now it's a combination amusement park and water park. So you both have roller coasters and water rides. So it's the technically called Holiday World and Splash and Safari. And they've always kind of been unconventional in their approach to their customers. But 20 years ago, actually 20 years ago this year, they decided to make all soft drinks at the park free. And, you know, like if you've ever been to an amusement park or a baseball game in most places, <laughs> like it's crazy. I was at Disney this week, like literally two days ago. And I got a just like a bottle of Coke Zero. And I was like, bro, this is ridiculous. Like, this is just not fair. How much was it? It was $4.50 just for like the bottle in the hotel. It wasn't even out in the park. It was in the hotel adjacent to the park. And I was like, this is, that's not right. So in the Holiday World guys, Will Cook, who's the son of Bill, who was running the park at the time, said, hey, expense is important, right? And it's getting too expensive for people to come. And so they said, let's make drinks free. And what's interesting about that is, A, Holiday World is the highest rated amusement park in America on TripAdvisor. They've got better ratings than Disney. And every single review, like every review of Holiday World on TripAdvisor mentions free soft drinks. Like it is such a definition of a talk trigger. 
people remember it and they discuss it because it's so outside their frame of expectations. But what I love about it is that there's two other benefits to this decision. One, once they move to free soft drinks, actual people going to the infirmary, to the amusement park nurse, went down because people stay more hydrated because they don't have to spend a bunch of money on drinks. And so they're like, okay, let's drink throughout the day. It's outside, right? It's sunny. Second, their trash bill went down. Mm-hmm. I used to be in the trash business. You probably don't know that. Years and years, and years ago, I worked for waste management as a trash man. I was actually a trash marketing man. You really clean up well, Jay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I can tell you a lot about landfill design right now, but <laughs> I'm not going to do that for this show. And so for an amusement park, like their solid waste bill has got to be thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands and thousands of dollars a month. Well, once they move to free soft drinks, it's, it's smaller cups, right? People take, you know, like a four ounce pour, six ounce pour, and then they finish that as opposed to what was happening. People will buy a whole bottle, 16, 20 ounce bottle of soda. They drink half of it, but then they got to get on the ride. No drinks on the ride. They throw it in the trash. So like they had half of their trash was liquid in bottles, which is super heavy. And solid waste is priced by weight, not by volume. And so they literally saved a bunch of money on trash just by going to this free soft drinks idea. Yeah, it's amazing. I think about it, you know, what happened in our ballpark, which I haven't shared much, is our per cap in the stadium went up dramatically. Because it's like when you go to cruise line and you get all your food included, it's like, oh, I'll buy some more drinks. I'll buy this thing. Because you feel like you've been given so much. And people are getting such a good deal on this side that you've got extra money on that side. Yeah. It's like you have psychological debt. Like, they're giving me all this. And so people are so scared of it. Now, I just want to get into it a little bit because obviously you give some great framework. But you talk about the four R's, you know, remarkable, relevant, reasonable, repeatable. Can you just give a little bit of example? Because I know there's so many business owners who listen like, all right, you know, ballpark, amusement park, that's easy. How do I start a talk trigger? Yeah, here's the thing, right? And look, there's a bunch of other good books about word of mouth, right? Lots, right? Your book, there's Tipping Point, there's Word of Mouth Marketing, there's tons of them. In fact, I wrote a blog post today about 12 word of mouth books. <laughs> so it's not like you or I invented this idea, but what Daniel and I tried to do is give people a repeatable framework, like an actual system for doing it. Because the worst way to come up with a word of mouth program is to just brainstorm it typically, right? Some people can do it. You can do it. Most people can't. If it was that easy, you already have one, right? So what we wanted to do is give people an actual methodology that any business can follow to say, look, let's do word of mouth strategically instead of word of mouth haphazardly. And so it's a four or five, six system, four requirements of a talk trigger, five types of talk triggers, and then a six-step process for creating talk triggers, so four or five, six. The four requirements, the four R's, has to be remarkable in the classic sense of that word, worthy of remark. It has to be a story worth telling. Yes. Like, I don't know all of your viewers, probably some I do, but I know this for sure. Nobody has ever said, ever, hey, let me tell you about this perfectly adequate experience I just had. Yeah. Because it's a terrible story. It's not interesting to tell, and it's not interesting to listen to. So you have to do something that people don't expect, right? Like all you can eat at the ballpark, right? Banana scented tickets. Like, you know, they don't expect that, right? Yeah. So that becomes a story worth telling. And also the same thing on professional too, Jay. It's like, you know, I met the most professional person today. I saw the most professional company. When people say professional, I run. Like no one wants professionalism. They want unique, fun, interesting, talkable. And so, yeah. yeah. It's one of the great, I think, challenges in business. I talk about this every day, that we have unfortunately convinced ourselves that competency creates conversation. And it doesn't. Now, Competency is important for a bunch of other reasons, mostly customer retention. But nobody talks about good. They talk about different. 
Yes. And that's just because of the way human beings are wired. This is a physiological issue more so than a marketing or business issue. Mm -hmm. So you have to have the courage to do one or more things that customers don't expect because that is what makes it a story that they will tell. So it has to be remarkable. The other one that is really important is it has to be repeatable. This is sort of non-negotiable in our system. And what that means is that every customer, every guest has access to your differentiator, has access to your talk trigger. So every guest at Holiday World gets free soft drinks, right? All of your guests get access to the things that you do at the Bananas. This is different, though, because there is a philosophy in marketing, I'm sure you know it well, of surprise and delight mm -hmm. that you take one customer in a particular circumstance and you treat that customer much, much differently. And the hope is that that customer mm -hmm. will share content maybe in social and it will go viral. <laughs> and maybe it will, but maybe it won't. And even if it does, like, what are you left with? Yeah. And also this idea of kind of, you know, let's do a stunt. That's not a strategy. Like that's a lottery ticket. And yes. I'm not a big on lottery ticket marketing. I just don't think it's reliable enough. So our methodology is that your talk trigger has to be accessible to all, not just your best customers, not new customers, not only on ladies night, like it's always. And that's what powers word of mouth every day, week, month, quarter, year, not once, right? Because what's the point of that really? So that's a big part of our system is that it has to be repeatable. And I think that's so great because what we talk about a lot is companies on the outside, they try to bring in this one big special event, this one big act. You're like, oh, we'll bring in this. That is a waste of time, energy, and doesn't do it. We talk about how do we own characters here at the ballpark. That's why we developed the Banana Nanas, the Senior Citizen Dance Team, our breakdancing first base coach. Jay, you'll like this. Maybe if you come out to game, you can join them. We're developing a man cheerleading team called the Man Nanas this year. And, and my point is we're owning that. It's our intellectual property that's going to be here every single day that it's repeatable. Yes. But everyone else is like, all right, we'll have this huge Christmas party. We'll do this one big thing. And you're well, right. It's a lesson that's fireworks on Sundays yeah. or Saturdays, right? Like yeah. we're going to do fireworks every once in a while. <laughs> or we're going to have bobblehead night. It's yes. like, like, I get it. Like, why don't you instead of spending money on bobbleheads, which ain't cheap. I have a Jay Bear bobblehead right here. So I, I know. <laughs> it ain't cheap, right? Why don't you instead of spending money on bobbleheads, why don't you just make your customer experience better every day, yes. right? And invest it that way, right? But people get seduced by viral, right? They get seduced by the big bang. And it's just a bad way to run your business, in my estimation. Throw some examples. I mean, for people haven't, I mean, obviously in the book, there's so many great examples. But throw some that are repeatable, simple ones like Penn and Teller just meeting and greeting with their fans okay. after every game. That's so easy. We have our players at the gate every night. That's so simple. But what are some other ones that companies can say, you know what, I can put this into play? One of my favorites is from Skip's Kitchen, which is a restaurant in Sacramento. And Skip's a very simple premise. It's a counter service restaurant. You just order from the menu board. You want two patty melts and a onion rings and a chocolate shake. When your food's ready, they bring it to your table. Skip's has been in business for 10 years, started by Skip Wall and his wife. They have a line to get in almost every day. They were just named the 29th best hamburger restaurant in America by USA Today newspaper. Their talk trigger works like this. After you order, but before you pay, the counter person whips out a deck of cards and fans them out face down in front of you. <laughs> Says, Jesse, pick a card. <laughs> and you pick a card. And if you get a joker, your entire meal is free, whether you've ordered for just yourself or a 10-person softball team, whatever the circumstances are. Now, on average, three people a day win this game. And when they win, they go crazy, right? They're like calling their mom crying. They're putting reviews on TripAdvisor and Yelp. And a high school marching band shows up. It's like a whole thing, man. 
And it's so effective that in Sacramento, even though there's a giant neon sign out front, most people don't call it Skip's Kitchen. They call it that Joker restaurant. Mm. Now, any business in the world could do that, but they're the only ones that do. And it costs them some money on food, but they more than make up for it in the fact they never have to advertise. Look, you may have heard this saying in the past. It's not mine. It's from Robert Stevens, who is the founder of Geek Squad, one of my business heroes, just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant guy. And Robert once said that advertising is a tax paid by the unremarkable. Now, that's not 100% true, but it's true enough. And there's a lot to be said that if your customers do all of your marketing for you, your work is done. Like I tell people this every day, like the best way to grow any business is for your customers to grow it for you, period. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no argument on that. But yet, most companies don't have the courage to do something different that their customers will notice and talk about. And that's why you need a talk trigger. Well, 100%, even like, you know, like yourself, and obviously you're speaking a lot more than I am, but whenever I go speak, I get more speaking requests later that day or the next day because you're in front of your other people and you're creating that word of mouth of your fans that are spreading it. You don't put many things like, hire me, hire me, hire me. It's people no. spreading the word. No. I mean, if you're good at it, there's a saying in the speaking business, which is the more you speak, the more you speak. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. And it's true, right? It's like a geometric growth. People come up to me all the time or they call me or email me. And they booked me for events and they saw me speak like, it's crazy, like six years ago or something. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do that talk anymore. Like, it's okay. We'll do whatever your new talk is. <laughs> but, you know, I was in the audience that day and my boss left and I got promoted. And this, then my other boss left and I got promoted again. So they've been promoted like three times, right? And now they're in charge of booking speakers. <laughs> and they remember this event from six years ago, right? right. So they remember how uh, you made it feel. I love it. And I think one of the two you talk a lot about in the book is Double Tree Hotel. And I have a personal, I think everyone has a personal memory. I, I went and got surgery on my shoulder to finish my baseball career. And I was like out of it. But I was like, I want a cookie from the Double Tree. Like that's <laughs> literally how I was. So I, I was laughing the whole time. But again, it's not like the best cookies in the world, but they're known for it. And it's what's your story? What are you known for? And when you look at all these companies, they try to be a little bit better here, a little bit better here. I always say better isn't different, only is different. What are you the only one doing? And it can be a small little touch. And now, Jay, I don't think too, like you can have some unique stories that are special, but your whole strategy is on that. Like, for instance, this year we're going to have, I'm going to a big golf cart. I want our players picking up fans in the parking lot and taking them in and playing music. I love that. It's a good and, idea. And, you know, like, for instance, we're also going to do like mobile car washes. Like, while fans are in the stadium, a few of the dirtiest cars are just going to be completely washed when they go to their car. And, <laughs> just and you know, your cars being washed? Yeah, their cars being washed. And those are like not every fan's getting that. So you can still create those because those create good stories. Yeah. But what are those Absolutely. things every single game? Like last year, every ticket that we had was scratch and sniff and smelled like bananas. And now this year, here's the crazy thing. That's my thing. favorite one. To me, that's the best. You know, in our formula, yes. that's the best one, right? It's the best talk trigger because it's it's unexpected. It's every customer. It's every day. It's every time. I love that. And we actually have a customer that we work with, a client on our consulting firm. It's not in the book because it wasn't done yet. But they make work gloves for working on an oil derrick or like whatever. They're based in Toronto and they've got a bunch of competitors that try and undercut them from Asia with lower quality gloves. So they hired us to develop a talk trigger to emphasize to their customers that they're a North American company and therefore higher quality gloves. So we went through the whole process, the same process we outlined in the book and very strategic and thoughtful and customer interviews and customer journey mapping, not just brainstorming, like really like rigor against this. And what we came up with is now these gloves, it's called Superior Gloves is the company, on the back of each glove is their logo patch. But when you scratch it, maple syrup, scratch and sniff maple syrup work gloves, right? So you're like, you're swinging your pickaxe and you're like, Lenny, how can we keep smelling your hand? It's like, bro, 
whiskey smell like maple syrup from Canada. It just gets people talking. I love it. All right, Jay, we're going to do our first game. You mentally prepared? Yeah, I guess. All right. It's truth and dare. Which one would you like first? Dare. Dare. Okay. We're going to do a game that we do at the ballpark. It's called the sing-off. We usually have between 2,000 fans versus another 2,000 fans, but now it's just you by yourself. Okay. We we play a song. As soon as the song finishes, you finish that song lyric. Oh, man, I'm really, really, really bad at lyrics, so this could be a real challenge for me. Well, it fits to our theme, okay? It fits to our theme. Here we go. Is it, give me something to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) You actually figure that out, like, talking in your head. Instead of singing, you're like... Yes, it's let's give them something yeah. to talk it's about. The, yes, yes. Yeah, totally really bad at lyrics. You picked the worst possible game for me. But I also picked the, one of the most fitting songs, I would think, by Bonnie uh, Ray. Of course, right. of course, which is my walk-on music, actually, so I really should know the lyric. Is that honestly your walk-up song? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know the lyrics. <laughs> I'm usually focused when I'm walking up. I'm not thinking about lyrics, but yes. All right, I got you. All right, so you failed that game. All right, so now yeah, it's so, time. Yeah, this is going to be a real disappointment for you. I can do that right now. <laughs> no more singing, believe me. We'll get yeah, to edit this part out. We'll get to dancing soon. All right, now a truth. This is serious. I asked a lot of guests this. You know, you've had so much success in your career. Yes. But what is something that's still holding you back from greater success? I would say, let me enter this way. I was on a show once and somebody asked me, like, how do you define success? I said, well, for me, it works like this. I spend every minute of every day working with whom I want on what I want. So if I don't want to do it, I just say no. And that creates a tremendous amount of behavioral and psychological freedom. And I could grow this company more. I could do a lot of things, but it would come at the cost of that freedom. And I'm not willing to make that trade. All right. We're going to have more games. But here, I want to go to another. So you're working with a company, Jay. And obviously, it could be a whole workshop, a whole day of consulting. But they're on the outside. And they don't think like us immediately. How do you get them, like, again, I want to go back to not only just a starting point, but what's an easy way? It's not easy, but what's a way that you can find something to make people talk about? Well, the best way that we do it is through examples, right? In case, so I think about, you know, every day when I walk out on stage and I do a keynote about talk triggers and the power of word of mouth, there are skeptics in the audience or people who are like, yeah, word of mouth, I already know about this. Like, why is this guy here? And so I try to come at it from the math standpoint, right? So some of the stats that we talked about earlier, and I do some quizzes and games and get people thinking about the metrics of it, but then examples, right? So things like Skip's Kitchen or Doubletree Hotels and show like, oh, you know what? This is totally doable in every business. That's why in the book, we were so careful to have tons and tons of different case studies from lots of different types of businesses. Because one of the things I've learned writing so many books is that the death of a book in business is if people read it and they're like, yeah, I get it, but I don't think it applies to my business. Mm. So we actually had literally a grid, right? Which was all the industries and then business sizes and then B2B, B2C, and then US and international, right? And it was like, bingo. It was like, okay, we need a small B2B company outside the US, check. We need a medium-sized B2C company in the US that does financial services, check, right? So like literally tried to cover the grid so that nobody could read the book and say, yeah, it's not for me. It's not about me. See, I should have talked to you years ago because everyone, they read my book, they're like, I can't wear a yellow tuxedo. I'm like, that's not the theme to wear the yellow tuxedo. It's an idea. But no, it makes so much sense. And, you know, I think what's great, you gave so many examples. And a few that I like too, you know, the Windsor one. I mean, basically a guy, A, that wears a kilt, which by the way, over here, we actually have rocked kilts in a game. Yeah, they actually won on a walk-off wearing kilts, which is not normal. 
But yeah, I mean, so basically people call and get a free t-shirt and the t-shirts are awesome. You know, gut wood and ridiculous. That's an easy touch. What type of company are they? They're a manufacturer. They make wood products, wood trim and, and like baseboards and crown molding and all that stuff. And they just give away tons of free t-shirts. So sometimes it doesn't have to be directly linked to what you do. If it's a cool thing that people want, yeah. it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. And although I would say that in most cases, having it linked is better. Yes. It helps the story spread better if there's not like weird dissonance there. Yes. Like go back to the Double Tree example, right? So warm chocolate chip cookie. Welcoming. Every day for 30 years. They do 75,000 cookies a day. We did all the research on that and found that 34% of their customers mentioned the cookies. So every single day, 22,500 stories are told about that cookie, which is why you never see a Doubletree ad hardly, because the cookie is the ad and the guests are the sales and marketing team. And what's interesting about that, though, is that their brand positioning is the warm welcome. Mm-hmm. And when so you said warm welcome, it like makes sense, right? If it was like, hey, thank you. Welcome to the Doubletree. Would you like a piggy bank for your kid? You're like, wait, I, don't, I mean, I guess, but I don't understand Right. The story gets stuck. Yes. Because you have to think about like it just becomes weird. Yes. Why does that make sense? And I think you said the create your because statement. I thought that was brilliant. Can you share that, Jay? Yeah. So the idea is that we are doing this one different thing because of this other whatever the end of that sentence is. Right. And if you can answer that credibly and logically, it helps the story spread. For well, sure. well, it's like the double tree. You know, we're doing these cookies because it shows warm welcome that we care about sure. you. One of the great examples was the bank. I can't pronounce it, but they have the oh, phone. Yeah. yeah. They have the phone that you can call the president. You know, oh, access. Uh, access is such an easy thing. Our president, we have a weekly show. Every single show, he gives my cell phone <laughs> in the middle of the show. And I get text messages at 1 a.m., yeah. 1.30. But, you know, how do you get access? That's a nice touch. Yeah. Or little touch points like I love the graduate hotel. If you have keys, if you have something that people get from you that's small, make it unique. Yeah, it's interesting that one of the things that we've observed, we talked about a little bit in the book, but we spent more time on this point since the book was published or written, is the more perfunctory and mundane the customer touch point, the easier it is to create conversations if you just do one thing a little different, right? Work gloves, innately boring, right? Oh, scratch and work gloves? Holy cow. Hotel room keys, like completely, literally throw away. Oh, let's make those fake ID cards and make them collectible like baseball cards. Oh, okay. That's a new thing, right? So sometimes the best way to go about this when you map your customer journey is say, okay, what's the piece of this that is the lamest, right? That people just like whatever. And then you just put a little twist on that thing and it becomes a lot more interesting and talkable. One of the things we do in our consulting firm, which is probably illegal, <laughs> is Good start. when we're working on ideas for clients, several people on my team, on my strategy team, have kids. I have kids too, but they're older and cynical, so they're not good for this exercise. <laughs> but what we do is we pick kids who are between like eight and 10 years old. That's kind of the, the sweet spot. And when we have potential talk triggers, ideas that we have strategized through our process, we tell a kid the story. So what if you went to a hotel and you got a chocolate chip cookie? Or imagine you were a carpenter and this company sent you a t-shirt that said got wood on, right? So we just tell them the story. And then a week later, we ask the kid, hey, remember that story I told you about the hotel? I forget how that goes. How did it go? And if the kid can remember it and recite it back, then you know it's A, memorable, and B, simple enough to spread. Mm, love it. Right? It can't be too complicated. Like if it's a story that has multiple points to mm-hmm. it, 
It won't work as a doctor. Oh, you, need the, you need the simplicity. And I love, I think, from there too, Jay, it's the most boring points. You know, we think about that too, like the voicemail. I mean, your voicemail when people answer. Your business card. We have all business card baseball cards that we make them to yeah. like collectibles. Right. Think about every boring point and how do you make that more exciting. That's a win. All right. I want to go into a talk trigger showdown. We are going to give okay. some examples. I've never done this. I'm going to lose to the expert, but that's okay. I'm going to name a type of business, Jay, and you got to mm-hmm. name like an idea for a potential talk trigger. Okay. All right. Here we go. We'll tell you. This is the worst way to come up with the talk triggers to brainstorm it, but <laughs> I will play your game. I will play your game. We'll just do two then, back and forth. All right, let's go a realtor. Oh, that well, actually, I actually have a realtor example I talk about all the time, talkable usefulness. My buddy Joe Manusa is a, a realtor in Tallahassee, Florida, and he only represents sellers. If you want to buy a house, he doesn't do that. He only represents sellers who have a house between $200,000 or $400,000. In that market segment, it's pretty common that people think, well, I could use a realtor or I could sell this sucker myself, keep the commission, right? So what all professional service providers do, realtors, doctors, consultants like me, accountants, whatever, attorneys, they all have a website, obviously, and every single website says the exact same thing. Now, the words may be rearranged a little bit, but they all say, behold, the power of my expertise. (laughs) I know things you could possibly never know. Do not do this yourself. Hire me instead. That's the whole website, right? Joe does the opposite. Joe sat down and wrote a 60-page free downloadable PDF. It's called How to Sell a Home on Your Own in Florida. (laughs) It is literally exactly how to do it. Step-by-step, who to call, what to do. And I interviewed him at one point. I said, Joe, I don't get this, man, because it seems to me like you're giving people exactly what they need to not hire you. He said, I understand why you think that, Jay. But what you also don't understand is people get to about page 19. And they say, holy crap, is it hard to sell a house on your own? Like, I want no part of this. Way too complicated. It's his number one source of customers because his name, email address, and phone number on every page. And not only does he get those customers, he gets waves of customers because if you have a home between $200,000 and $400,000, who else has a home in that price point? Most likely your friends. Mm -hmm. And so they say, Jay, were you thinking about selling this house on your own? And you'll say, I was, but don't even think about that. It's way too hard. You should just call Joe. <laughs> I love it. That's why I always say, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. And literally, I just posted an ad, do not apply for this job. And it gave yeah. every reason on why someone should not work for us. We haven't got that many applicants, but I think that was the goal. So, all right, you're going to throw one at me. I'm going to throw one more back at you. Okay, a business type? All right, preschool. <laughs> now, my son is only nine months old now, so I'm not there yet. Preschool. All right. So you show up. So I would think, again, how do you make it amazing in the beginning? So I know we just started bringing to a daycare and my son gets dropped off. It's chaos. There's just people running around. How could you have like a valet service? So literally, or not valet, but you know what I'm saying? Like a really pick and go and pick and go, almost like a pit crew. You know, if you have a pit crew service with the kids coming in and they're known for the fastest drop off in the world and the fastest pickup in the world. You know, again, that's the friction point I go to because most people in preschool, the parents don't know what's happening during the day, but yeah. they see in the beginning, they see in the end. So I would think of a, a pit crew style dressed up as a pit crew, get the kid in, get the kid out as quick as possible. I like that one. That's good. All right. Yeah, because there's definitely, that's the pain point, right? The yes. pickup drop off is the worst. All right. This one's tough. Well, maybe easy for you. Law firm. So here's what I would do in a law firm. And actually, I have an example about this. It's an accounting firm, but it works the same. These guys are called Bogdanoff and Dodges. They're in Indianapolis. And their deal is, and they've got like dozens and dozens and dozens of Google reviews for an accounting firm, which in and of itself is like, whoa, that's weird. Yes. Small guys, two principals and a couple of associates. They do small business accounting and personal returns. 
Bogdanoff and Dodges have a responsiveness talk trigger. They answer every client phone call and every client email in five minutes. Now, I've had a lot of accountants in my day and a lot of attorneys, many of them quite good, but I've never, never had a professional services company like that get back to me routinely with that kind of speed. Now, if that happened, would I tell people about it? Oh, hells yeah, I would. Yes. I would tell everybody I know about it. And so that's one that you absolutely could do in a law firm. Now, do you have to make some operational choices and changes to execute that? Well, yeah, but you've got to make operational choices to wash people's cars in the parking lot during the game, too. Yeah. People are scared of tweaking their operations because it requires them to coordinate people inside the organization that don't typically cooperate. Well, you know what? Tough. If you want your customers to talk about you, you got to all play on the same team. I love it. You know, right there, the thing of these options for the business is speed. How fast can you get something done? Convenience. Yep. And yep. then is there a nice extra touch? You know, you look at those three things and just coming off that. All right. I'm not giving you another one because you've already won. All right. We're going to flip the script here, Jay. Okay. You are the host of Business Done Differently. So you can yes. ask me any question. Any question at all. Yes. It's a question I actually didn't mean to ask you. <laughs> so I can understand how people who work for the team get on board with your talk triggers because they're employed by you. How do the players who kind of cycle in and out of the team, because the nature of minor league baseball, how do they feel about it? And do you ever get pushback or consternation? Or I don't know, this is weird from the actual players themselves. 100%. And yes, we used to get a lot of pushback. The one reason, the one thing that we're doing, we have a full-time videographer, director of film production. We're developing a whole media team. We put out constant videos, constant content, because we're showing who we are and what we do. So we set the tone from the beginning. When we recruit players, this is what you're getting into. And we're fortunate we had a 1,000 players try to be a part of a discussion. We, we signed 30. And then yeah. that first day when they get here, Jay, the onboarding is so intentional. They get here. We have their whole locker room set up with tons of different things. We have a talk. We bring in players to tell stories. We share our fans' first playbook, which is literally our core beliefs, everything we stand for. Then we have a nice lunch for them. And then around 3 o'clock, we have the guys. You're going to have practice in an hour, and there's going to be 3,000 fans watching you practice. And they're like, no way. I'm like, oh, yes, there are. And I take some of that, and they see the lines to watch them practice. And they're like, what are we a part of? And then they practice, and they sign autographs. And then we do a music video that night where we literally have them. Last year, we had them in the showers doing uh, Bananas Are Back, like the Backstreet's Back, but in the showers doing this. And they left the ballpark at midnight. By that day, our coach said, that's the closest I've seen a group get. And one day, they understand what it's all about. So it's sharing the stories over and over again. But our first year, when I brought a choreographed dance instructor to teach the guys how to dance before they played ball, they were like, what are we doing? We're not doing yeah. this. Yeah. It's taking time. But it's again, it's like any employee. you got to get them apart or the fans. So that's a great question. I appreciate it. All right. We're going to move with rapid fire here. Uh, okay. Question time. I love this. Yes. Obviously, you're working with so many different groups, speaking all over the country. If you want better answers, you got to ask better questions. What are some of the best questions you're asking people you're working with? One of the best questions we ask is, why haven't you done something differently before? What's the answer usually? It's all over the place. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's we never thought we needed it. Sometimes it's we'd like to do something, but inertia or corporate politics or we didn't want to invest in it. It's actually, there's not a consistent answer, which I think is pretty fascinating. But when you just flat out ask somebody, because they buy into it once they kind of hear the, the system, like, well, how come you haven't done this already? Then they start thinking, well, geez, yeah, how come I haven't done yes, this yes. already? Makes sense. All right, let's go a marketing minute quick here. What's the best thing you've done to grow your own brand? Well, I think like you, I mean, it's probably an oversimplification, but it's just consistency of content and being very giving of what we know. Like my philosophy is take every single thing you know and give it away one bite at a time. 
that if you say, look, you can only know what I know if you pay us to tell you what we know, that's not a great way to run a business, but it's the way most people run expertise-based businesses. So we've published 5,000 blog posts, 600 podcast episodes, 400 or 500 videos. So just showing up, like my boss once said when I had a boss, that success is based on perspiration, not inspiration. Hmm. And there's a lot of truth to that. I think one of the things that has made Convince and Convert successful, and I guess me as well, is that we just keep showing up. Like, we just keep showing up. Like, we don't miss a week. We don't miss a day. Like, there's something new on the blog every day. That's just the way it is. And over time, that works. But most people give up, right? Gary Chuck talks about this, right? People bitch about, well, I've been working hard for six months and nothing's happened. It's like, bro, six months. It's nothing. What are you talking about? Yeah. And you can't be afraid of put like I used to be like when I first started, be afraid of like every piece of content that you put out. But no, you put so much out, it doesn't matter. You just keep sharing your beliefs. And it's okay yeah. to say the same things over and over, just in different ways. It's okay. So now that's great. What about tool time? What's the most important tool you have in your business toolbox? I would say the most important tool is probably Sococo, which is S O C O C O. And it's kind of like Slack, I guess. But it gives you a virtual office environment. So you log on and everybody on the team has an office and then they've got an icon. So you know whether they're online or whether they're in their office. And you can actually go into their office and have a video chat or call people to a conference room. Our company is all distributed, you see. So there's 15 of us all over the world, right? And so we get together in person one time a year, period, right? So be able to have kind of a tool that makes it seem more like we are in one physical space is indispensable for an organization like ours. That's amazing. Now you've been around so many companies, you've probably stayed at millions of hotels. So this might be a tough question, but now that's what I call service. Is there one service experience that really stands out? You've talked about your tuxedos as well, but anything that stands out for you? Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I've written about this in a book. I was going to Australia two and a half years ago with my wife to give a series of uh, presentations. I was flying on Delta, as I typically do, and I had flown from Indianapolis to L.A., and then we're going to go from L.A. to Brisbane. So we're getting on the flight in L.A., and get on the plane, and gate agent scans my boarding pass on my phone, looks into her, like, magic box there, and says, <laughs> oh, Mr. Bear, you know, thank you for your diamond status. Appreciate your loyalty to Delta. I'm like, great. You know, they say that every time. I'm like, that's nice. Just to remind well, then she scans my wife's boarding pass and looks in her magic box and realizes that my wife has very, very few frequent flyer miles. And she says, oh, well, actually, I'd like to take a moment to thank you, Mrs. Bear, for what you must be doing at home to allow your husband to spend so much time with us here on Delta. And both of us just like walked down that jetway in tears, like literally in tears, because that was a true acknowledgement of her role. And it was such a great service experience because it wasn't scripted, right? It was about situational awareness. Mm-hmm. And you can script great service. In fact, we do a lot of consulting around that. My book, Hug Your Haters, is a lot about that. But the very best service is always unscripted. Mm-hmm. And that requires great training, great people, and most of all, great awareness. Mm-hmm. Well, it's listen carefully, respond creatively. And you yeah. can listen by also seeing things. All right, final three here. What's one thing that you've done to stand out in business and in life? Well, I mean, certainly I've got the suit thing. It's not like the yellow tuxedo, but I'm definitely the plaid suit guy. That's my thing. In fact, you'll appreciate this. I don't think I told you this. We just started this new deal where when I get booked to speak, a week out, the meeting planner gets sent a link. It's dressjbear.com. And they get to pick which suit I wear. I love that. And it actually drops on my calendar so I know what suit to pack when I leave for the trip. Absolutely brilliant. 
I tell you, so many people don't think about the simple things of a tire. You know, it could be a hat, it could be a necklace, it could be anything. They don't think about that. How you know? Yeah. All right. Final to you here. What's the best advice you've ever received? I am actually looking at it right here on my wall. It's a sign that my mom bought me when I first started my own company 20 years ago or whatever it was. It says, some days you're the pigeon and some days you're the statue. What does that mean to you? You can't ever get too excited about your wins and you can't get too disappointed about your losses because you got another game tomorrow. So I think baseball is one of the best lessons for business and for life. Oh, I love it. All right. Finally, Jay, how do you want to be remembered? I just think I would like to be remembered as somebody who went out of their way to help other people succeed and in so doing became successful. Yeah, well, you're doing that, my friend. I'll tell you, I first read your book and read your story. I was beyond inspired. Shared it. Love it. You're doing amazing things. And how else can people connect with you, learn more about what you're doing? So the book itself, Talk Triggers, is available all the places and ways that books can be procured. It's hot pink. It has alpacas on the cover, so you can't really miss it. TalkTriggers.com is the website for that. Also, the book itself has a talk trigger in addition to the alpacas thing. On the back of the book, it says satisfaction guaranteed. If you buy this book and you don't love it unconditionally, send the authors a note. That's me. And they'll buy you any other book of your choosing. And that's true. So if you don't like the book, you just let me know and we'll buy you anything. You want a first edition Bible? We'll track one down. Have you had to do it yet? Nobody's done it yet. Uh, (laughs) The reviews have been perfect so far, but I'm expecting somebody will eventually, which is fine. So that's our guarantee. No risk for talk triggers. And then you can find all of our stuff, all 5,000 articles, podcasts, videos, the whole deal at uh, convinceandconvert.com. I love it. Thanks so much for being with us, Jay. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently with Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux Guy. If you love the show, let Jesse know by leaving a review on iTunes or sending him an email at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. For more information on the guest and topics of this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.